0: to another episode of Kindling the Hotfire. and by the way this is the third time I've tried to stream this and I am finally just posting a recorded video for, you, for everyone because YouTube is not cooperating. It's kicked me off twice and then kept streaming for over an hour while I had exited out of the window completely and... <laughs> There obviously wasn't anything to stream, but, um, the frustrations of YouTube are beside the point. But, um, welcome to another episode of Kindling the fire This is going to be a kind of combined episode of the, the Spring Equinox and Beltane, which just, we just did our ritual just in the last few hours. Um, so, that's what's going on at the moment. So in this time of, um, staying at home and coronavirus and a lot of, um, things that are keeping our communities from coming together physically, um, it was, um, an interesting transition from doing outside rituals and with lots of people, um, to doing online rituals with, once again, a fair few people actually came came to our online ritual on Google Hangouts um, this um, this morning. So um, for Spring Equinox, what we had done right before, it was kind of right before um, the stay at home order was kind of put into place, it was like a couple days afterwards that we had to do that. And we went to our usual place, we kept the social, social distancing kind of thing that was going on. Kept six feet away from each other. We did not share food. Um, We made sure that everything was within parameters of safety and all that good stuff. Just to make sure that everyone that came was safe. And there was literally only four people that came. So it was a fairly small group in an outside place. So we kept safe. But we still were able to come together, celebrate the spring equinox, and celebrate and ask for the help um, of um, Aramed, who is the daughter of Dienkhet, and her main thing is that she holds the knowledge uh, for all the uses of all the herbs in the entire creation of the world and all that good stuff. Which is quite a few herbs, there's like 366 herbs that she holds all the medicinal properties for and knows all the uh, the knowledge of the medicinal properties. Um, so it seemed appropriate that we would make offerings to her and ask for her support during this time when the the pandemic was coming into fruition and blossoming, as you will. And we made offerings to her, especially for the medical community and the at-risk people that could not be at our ritual. Um, we made offerings um, to maybe help mitigate what was happening in their communities and things that things like that health wise and it seemed just appropriate to ask for airmed's help with that. And in this ritual we chose to honor and ask for the help of or work with um, Airmed's father Dian Ket um, who was the main physician for the Tuatha de and it's seemed appropriate to ask also for his help and make offerings to and um, make a ritual honoring um, him and his work and especially considering that he's um, very much a healing deity but he's also very uh, prominent in many of the um, healers and uh, medical professions as well Um, so and since they are one of the people who are at the front lines of this, we thought it appropriate that we work with him and make offerings to him and kind of bring him into this situation so that he could help us to help our communities um, while going through these difficult times. So that's kind of um, all I'm going to say about the kind of seasonal bit. Um, But I will say it was an interesting um, transition and it was instant... An interesting juxtaposition from how we were about six weeks ago to how we are now, because six—it was just six weeks ago—we were able to meet outside, just not in large groups, and we were able to at least see each other if from a different, diff- if from a distance. Um, whereas now, many of us are at, with stay-at-home orders and and working from home if we can, and we are unable to see many of our friends, many of our family, and many of the people that we would be gathering at this time with. Um, we can't see them physically. So it was interesting, and it seemed to be mu- accepted and much appreciated that we did our habitual online in Google Hangouts. and. I will be getting into later many of the Groves and Predator Groves of ADF who are also moving their, um, their rituals online. Because their communities still need them to do ritual and to bring the community together. Even if we can't meet in person due to safety and health and wellness and all that good stuff. So that's pretty much that bit is, um, what I'm going to be talking about, the general seasonal items here, and, um, the next part of the, um, the podcast is going to be about, let's see, what was next up, um, next up is going to be the recipe bit, which is also, very much um, pared down from what I usually would do because many people can't go to the stores as often as they would like due to safety and health and also when you get into the stores because of the TP panic which is all I'm going to say about that bit um, a lot of foods and a lot of things that are staples in many people's diets are not as readily available as they would usually be, and I tried to find recipes that were very basic, and they didn't have a lot of ingredients that would cause you to maybe go to China to get, you know, just because Um, that would not be safe, uh, nor would it be feasible. Um. But, um, the two recipes that I have for you today are a basic recipe of asparagus with chives and blossoms, chive blossoms, um, and also we have a recipe for chicken barley stew uh with herbs. Um, they don't have a terribly large amount of, of, of ingredients, each of them, um, I think the asparagus has probably five or six and then the um barley soup has about five or six um ingredients in it and I tried to find ones that were simple Uh, but honestly during this particular time of coronavirus um comfort foods are really a big thing right now for a lot of people and finding things that you can make with whatever is in your pantry at this point um I know me and my partner partner are making a lot of bread and I know a lot of people are making a lot of bread and that isn't just um, loaves of bread which is one of the many things that he has made so far. Um, but he was talking about bagels this morning. He didn't make bagels but that's one thing with the thoughts on our list. Uh, we've made pretzels, um, we've made loaves of sourdough bread, we've made loaves of... I didn't make bagels, but, but that, not Not during this particular batch yeah it was. Was it? Yeah. Oh yes it was. We did. We did. We did make bagels. Yes he's he's next to me and he's correcting me as I um blather on about things that actually happened. Okay. (laughs) But um this is that's yeah that's what you're getting with the video. Yeah. Awesome. Um but yeah we and we've made split pea soup which is a big comfort food for ham? And he's also making apple fritters, which I am going to very much in- enjoy. Um, um, but it's just comfort foods and apple and um, apple pie is one of my comfort, big comfort foods. And apple fritters are awesome. Um, but we got very lucky in finding flour from a, um, what was it, a wholesale, ba- a restaurant supply store that decided to come public, um, be open to the public, and we found a 50-pound bag of flour, and by the way, it's it's a high-gluten flour, so it's um, interesting to work with. So we got lucky in getting a l- hell of a lot of flour, and um, that's kind of what we've been doing. We don't usually go out for more than um, once every two weeks, and that's me going out because he's one of those people that can't go out because he has a he does not have a compromised immune system that is what always tries to come out of my mouth but that is not what it is Um, he has asthma and respiratory issues and um, respiratory issues are a big thing and it's very very scary for him to go out so he does not go out unless he absolutely has to which has been exactly once in this entire six week period and he stayed in the car the whole time so he never was interacting with anybody so um, it's usually me doing most of the um, the shopping either and we're either talking over the phone phone or by messenger to get the um, the shopping done for that so these recipes are a little bit par- a little bit um, pared down but mostly what I'm saying is that use whatever's in your pantry and make whatever you have the recipe to Whatever you have the ingredients to make. Um, bread is a good one. Um, one, it gives you something to do. And it also gives you bread, which is awesome. Apple fritters. I'm being distracted by apple fritters. Um, anyway. But the first recipe is asparagus with chives and blossoms. And this calls for one pound asparagus, washed. Uh, one tablespoon olive oil, or whatever oil you want to use for your cooking, whatever you have. And one tablespoon sesame seeds. Um, two tablespoons uh, fresh chives, snipped, 16 chive blossoms, if you have them. Um, half a teaspoon soy sauce, salt and pepper to taste. And basically you're you're gonna be blanching the asparagus in lightly salted boiling water for about three minutes or until they're crisp and tender. Crisp tender kind of al dente kind of thing. So they're not um. Also. Um you shouldn't be overcooking them. It's just basically you're blanching them, you're putting them in for a couple minutes and then you're taking them out. Um then you're gonna be refreshing them over very under very cold water and then you drain them very well. Remove the chive stalks to separate the flowers, if you have them. In a skillet, heat the oil over medium heat and add the sesame seeds. Stir for about one minute. Add the snipped chives. Stir for one minute more. Add the asparagus and soy sauce in the skillet with a few pinches of salt and a generous grinding of pepper. Um, Stir well, cover and cook for about a minute or so. Remove the lid. Sprinkle the chive blossoms, if you have them, over the asparagus. Um, What other things you could could sprinkle over rather than chive blossoms, do you think? That seems like an an item that most people wouldn't have in their pantry at this point. Chive blossoms. Um, Green onions. Green onions might actually be a good good, um, thing to actually do instead. Um Yeah, sprinkle the chive blossoms or whatever kind of blooms you have over your asparagus, and cover for one to two minutes so that the chive blooms steam briefly. Uh, stir slightly and t- taste for seasoning. Uh, serve hot. And there's some comments on the website saying bright lavender chive blossoms. Oh, just saying, the, the, I thought they, they said lavender was being a new bloom. Oh, whatever. Um, Bright lavender chive blossoms begin to bloom in the garden about the time the asparagus bed is at its peak. Hence, this is a natural combination and simply a tasty dish. Um, Since chive blossoms are apparently strong in flavor, um, add them at the last minute in this recipe. Okay, so if you have chive blossoms, they sound awesome. But if you do not, green onions will do. At least in my opinion and my partner's opinion, because, you know, apple fitters. Those look awesome. Okay. I have to finish this so I can have some apple fitters. Mm. Um, okay, so, and then the chicken barley stew with herbs, like the generic herbs, like throw a bunch of herbs in there or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, you need um, two three-pound chicken breasts on the bone. Um, two tablespoons of butter, one pound leeks, and leeks are basically onions, so if you don't have leeks, you can use onions instead. They're slightly less strong flavor, but they are very similar to onions, in my opinion. So if you don't have leeks, use onions. And it says right in the recipe, you may substitute onions So there. Mm. He's got commentary going off, in the background, which is kind of entertaining. Um, You may substitute onions. Um, These are one pound leeks, um, three to four large ones, or four to five little ones, um, thickly cut. Four cloves of garlic, chopped fine, unless you want more garlic, because I love garlic, and lots of people do love garlic, depending on what you have. And you need six ounces of barley, or as much barley as you really want, really. We added a lot of barley into our stew, and I like it. Yeah. He had different opinions, but I liked all the barley, personally. Um, But three tablespoons red wine vinegar, three and three-fourths cups water, two bay leaves, or, yeah, two bay leaves, that's, yeah, Um, and one tablespoon of dried sage. And there's commentary on this in the website where it comes from that says, this is originally an Anglo-Saxon recipe. The original calls for rabbit, but chicken is just as good. So pretty much any light meat that you have in, in um, like any fowl, fowl probably would work. Chicken, any type of bird, that kind of thing. If you're into that, if you actually go hunting for yourself and you can actually get a fresh rabbit, go you. Just go you. That's good. All right. Um, I would like to get a hold of the original recipe now that I'm seeing it. I'm like, you know, that would sound pretty good. That'd be something that, um, Guillain might be interested in, knowing that recipe. He might have it in his his book. That would be just kind of (laughs) hilarious. Um, but anyway, here's the recipe itself. In a large Dutch oven, melt the butter, then fry the leeks and garlic in the butter. Add the chicken and brown it. Add remaining ingredients, reserving the sage. Bring to a boil, then reduce and simmer one to one and a half hours. Remove chicken from pot and let cool. Remove meat from bones and add back into the pot. This assumes you did not use um, boneless chicken to begin with, but that's neither here nor there. Um, add the chicken back to the pot, add sage, stir well, and serve. And apparently this serves eight. That's not even going to go there. Um, so, and these both look like really, really great, simple recipes. And you can substitute lots of things for lots of the items in there and make them your own or make comfort food, um, for this time when comfort is definitely needed. Um, Anyway, oh, I got them in there. Throat's getting dry. Those apple fritters are looking really, really good right now, and I mm. can't eat them on camera. Well, you're drinking tea on camera. <laughs> That's not the same thing. Are, are you going to edit? Not the video, because that would actually take effort, and I am. We using are dead talking. <laughs> yes yes, this is what you pay for patrons, this is what you pay for the commentary and the extra um, yeah shenanigans Um, but anyway, moving on to the next part of this I mean, you don't mind being in here do you? do they mind? I'm not the one that they're uh, backing you should probably continue with your video okay, I probably should, yes (laughs) <laughs> um, anyways, so the next section to to the podcast is the, um, the book review. And for this time around, I've actually got two books because I've been doing a lot of reading. Um, and I know a lot of people probably have been doing a lot of reading. And just to point it out, I've got a nightly reading, um, live videos streaming on Facebook every night around 8 o'clock. I won't be doing one tonight because i've been doing a lot of stuff today so i'm fairly exhausted um so i will not be doing a live video tonight but sunday i will be starting up again on on facebook live and on discord if you are on discord i do have a server there so um i'll put a link to that in the description just so you can take a look at that because you're speaking of reading and that's where my mind goes there you go um, this is why I edit <laughs> yeah anyway um, so my first book um, that I'm going to bring to your attention is the Avalon Within and yes it is backwards on the screen but this Avalon Within is the title of the book and it is by um, Jenna Tellendrew I believe and um, I was actually given to this by a friend of mine she'd already read it I didn't hear her commentary on it but um, I have my own and um, I was reading through it and there's a lot of really good meditations in it and it is Avalon Within A Sacred Journey of Myth, Mystery, and Inner Wisdom and I'll read the back of the book just to give you an idea of what this is about um, it's listed as Body, Mind, and Spirit Spirituality, and Celtic um set forth on a sacred quest journey to the legendary isle of avalon and experience the magic mysteries and mysticism that have inspired women throughout the ages jenna tilindru founder of avalonian tradition invites you on a unique spiritual path of healing and personal revelation built upon the beloved avalon mythology Connect with the goddesses of Avalon through guided journeys and powerful rituals. Explore Glastonbury's sacred landscape with eight pages of gorgeous color photographs. Develop legendary Avalonian skills such as the sight and the art of glamour to heal wounds of the soul and unlock the sacred wisdom at the core of your being. Uh, Drawing on Celtic mythology, Athurian legend, and Druidic lore, And exploring the way of the priestess, as alluded to in Marion Zimmer Bradley's The Mists of Avalon, the Avalonian path empowers women everywhere to transform their lives by seeking the goddess and the sovereign self within. Um, I'm really trying not to be snarky about about reading that. Really, really, really trying. Um... The meditations and the, the, the rituals were very well thought out, very well put together, very beautiful rituals, and very um, good meditations. The photographs are great. They're awesome. And if you're, if you're into that, um, seeing Avalon and um, Glastonbury tour and things of that nature from aerial photographs and uh, personal photographs and things like that, they really are beautiful beautiful photographs if you want if you if that's what you're into um i personally had serious issues with the fact that it is very much a um has a wiccan slant to it and i am not wiccan and that's not my path in life and i have a i was just not my not my thing um but and that usually doesn't turn me away from a book like if it's got a wiccan slant to it that's fine I'll, I'll i'll read through it and stuff but um uh, the second issue i have with the with it this particular book is the um well let's just go to to my my usual standards that i usually put towards reading rather than just getting into a long diatribe of that sort of thing um I usually go through, and the three three um, categories that I go into are readability, re-readability, and um, references, my three R's that I go to when I look at a book, um, a non-fiction book, um, to whether or not it belongs on my shelf or not. And the readability of this book is fairly decent. Um, there's not a lot of um, highlight. High-sounding language in here. Not a lot of complicated topics that are um, made more complicated by the wording. That sort of thing. Um, it's very um, easy to read, and um, very um, layman's terms are very much used in a lot of a lot of this um, this book. And it's very easy to read. Um, re re-read, um, I would have to say that maybe the rituals and the um, the meditations you might be willing to reread the book for, uh, but honestly, if you can copy and paste the the, the rituals and um, the the meditations into your own formatting, you don't really need the book anymore. Um, and there's quite a few of them, but basically, if you copy and paste them into something like your Book of Shadows or a journal of some kind, you don't need the full book anymore if you're, that's what you're looking for. So I would say that it does not fall on the high scale of um, re-readability. I definitely, once I read through this and got all the information that I needed from it, um, I wouldn't want to keep it on my shelf as a reference, personally. Um, and that kind of leads me, leads me into my third R, which I also have issues with because of um, the, the references or the, um, the bibliography. There is a uh, wonderful index. Um, lots of lots of terms that are you can look up terms in the book and that sort of sort of thing and it's really nice to have an index in the back Um, but the big issue that I have with the um, the references in here in the bibliography is one it's only about five pages long and in all of those five pages it's not very uh, not very a thick section Um, Which would be perfectly fine if the references were more varied in their time frames. Um, What I mean by that is that the earliest one that I can find is from 1886 I believe, but 1880s um, late 1800s basically and um, the latest one I can find is from 2013. And that would seem like a pretty wide range, um, but If you look at it from from the perspective of how many of the references actually come from those those time periods, um, there are basically maybe two, maybe three, um, that do not come from the 1900s, or even the late 1900s, like the 1960s to the 1990s and the 2000s. Um, There's like three that do not come from those time periods, and that's a big issue for me. And a number of the um, the references that they do have are problematic at best. They have, um, let's see if I can look here find them. Um, Caitlin and um, John Matthews. They have them as they have them in here as references in their bibliography. Um, They they are they're troubles. They're they're poets first, and um, academic second, in my personal opinion, and my opinion is shared by several several other people. But that's that's all I'm saying is that um, they have. Um, I like Caitlin Matthews better for her academic fervor. Uh, John Math- Matthews is more of a poet, and um, Caitlin Matthews is more of an academic. But they're both poets first before they're academics. So I have problems with a lot of their. Um, their items here used as references. Uh, But then they also have um, uh, Tennyson and Robert Graves and his white goddess, uh, which are Tennyson in itself, a lovely poet, love him to pieces. I love his work, but it is poetry, not references. I mean, If you're going to use poetry, say that you're using it for the poetry. Don't just put it in your bibliography and say it's one of your sources, because that's that's a little bit confusing in my mind. But um, Robert Graves is problematic at best. Um, Problematic at best is probably where I'm going to leave that, because his white goddess is... Problematic at best is the best way to put it. And there's a couple of other pieces in here. Which one was it that I was? We were having a bit of a laugh at. Um, the veil of Isis. The veil of Isis. And um, what was the? That was the second title. That was. And the secret of, It was veil of Isis. The of ISIS. The, oh, here it is. It is. Um, it is by Winwood Reed, and it's called the Veil of Isis. Or Mysteries of the Druids. <laughs> uh, hmm. You're having a bit of a... We actually read a couple of pages of it on the internet, at least Mr. McPartner did, mm-hmm. and um, he read them to me, and they're problematic. I'm not really just, just a smidge. Yeah. Um... And, um, it was also published in, surprisingly enough, this is a, um, how, how long ago was that put together in like 1892 or something like that, but it was republished in 1992. Um, but yeah, it's problematic at best and you can, you can just see from the title that it's problematic and, um, BS at worst. Um, but there's lots of problematic, I'm using the word problematic a lot because I'm trying to be kind, really, I'm trying to be kind, but honestly, um, the references bit and the re-readability bit, just, I don't want this on my shelf as a reference tool, um, I might take bits and pieces out of it if it's, if I find them favorable, but as a whole, I would not have this on my shelf, personally, um, so this does not belong on my shelf, so it will not belong on my shelf. And I would not recommend it. Um, the next book I have on here is a slightly more positive but is also of a different type. It is a book of poetry, uh, A Arise from Vapors by Jean Pagano. And this is not um, a newer book of his. It actually is one of the first books of poetry that he had published um, in about 2005, and I picked this up from the author himself at one of the last festivals that I was at that we were able to go to, and I have all of the books of poetry that he's ever, that he's written or published that he is selling at this point, and I really, really, really love his poetry. Um, it's very evocative, um, uh, very thought-provoking, um, but very beautiful, beautiful words put, put together, and, um... If you want to book a poetry and you like also um, druidic stuff, um, <laughs> that's the best way to put it. Um, he's got a whole section in here on um, hymns to the gods, and um, lot very be- very beautiful words. All I can say about it is that um, I love reading it. I love reading it aloud. Um, very beautiful to listen to, very beautiful to read, and um, he just gets better with time. This is one of his earliest put together books, and it is it is very good. And all his other works so far have been excellent. So I would definitely recommend purchasing purchasing this one. And since it is not a reference tool, um, it's just a book. Of, it is a book of poetry, so it doesn't really fall onto my my three R's. But this is definitely um, a read-worthy book. And I believe you can find it on Amazon. But I'll put a link in the notes of where you can find this. Um, it was published by authorhouse.com. So you might be able to go on to authorhouse.com. I'm having trouble with my in- in- internet. So I can't double check while I'm... Well, actually, I can. Well, I'll do that in a second. But um, I'll put a link to where you can find his books and purchase them as well. And I'll also put links to this one as well. So you can purchase it if you like, if this sounds interesting to you and you want to check it out for yourself. So, lots of links in, in the show notes. But anyway, moving on from our book review, we have um, the calendar portion of the Dee social calendar um for the podcast and this one had to go through some revisions because of the pandemic that we're all in and the fact that we're not allowed to leave our homes and gather in large groups because of the pandemic um so that's being said a couple um groves around the country there may be more um but these are the ones that i am aware of and you can find a full list of these on the adf Um, Facebook group Um, if you're a member of ADF we have a private Facebook group for us to discuss things and these are grows that are moving their rituals from public rituals in a public space with lots of people to public rituals in a public space online and um, as I was saying earlier we just moved our ritual and we just did our ritual on Google Hangouts this time around, and we had, what was it, 12 people showed up, 9 to 12 people, that's what I, that's what I remember, um, and it was quite lovely um, to put together, that the community got together even in a mo- modified format, but there's several um, groves that are actually having online meetings of some sort for um, the Beltane celebrations. And I've got at least three different groves and and since these are online, even if you're not in the area, um, these links will work for you and you should be able to pop in and maybe check out what they're doing and join the community even if you can't join physically. So the first of these is at the La Rera Tridentata Grove um, in Las Vegas, Nevada. USA it will be on April 30th which is about five days from now at 7 30 p.m pacific daylight time and I will leave in the link in the show notes where you can find the event on Facebook Um, but they will be doing a live live production of their um, ritual they're still setting up a little bit um, so they don't know exactly which format they're going to be going to be using as far as I'm aware um, but check out the Facebook event and you can get all the details there. Um, the next grove that I'm aware of is in is the Charter Oak Grove, which is in southern New England. And they'll be having their Beltane Festi- ritual on May 2nd at 11 a.m. via Zoom. And you can find out all the details once again on their um, Facebook page. And I will also put links in the bottom for all these in the show notes and all that good stuff and the last one that i am aware of or was posted on facebook recently was the columbia grove in portland oregon they will have be having their beltane rituals at um may 3rd at three forty-five p.m pacific daylight time pdt and they also have a facebook page for the event so i will also put links in the show notes for that Okay. And this that is the sh- podcast for the moment. And wrapping up, I would like to thank everyone who contributed to the podcast either by listening or with your submissions or on Patreon. On and on the couch, you, you you're definitely lovely. Lovely to have on on the couch with me. <laughs> um Let's see. Um, All music and images belong to their creators and all that good stuff. All the stuff that's for copyright and all that good stuff. Um, Right now you can find our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and on Patreon, which is where you're seeing this video. Yeah. And I also have been streaming or am planning to stream uh, the podcast to... um, discord but we're still figuring that one out but there will be a discord something or other um in the near future future um go to patreon and check them check um all the things we've got out for patreon and help support the podcast if you would like um all websites mentioned will be listed in the links in the show notes as per usual thank you for listening contributing and supporting um, we have two new um, speaking of supporters we have two new um, patrons I'm calling them Patreons I don't know why but um, it's they're patrons on Patreon and um, two new patrons that came up just this last week let me see if I can get their names up here um, I know the first one is Joan um, and they are awesome she is awesome she is awesome um relationship manager sure let's look at the, the names and the next one I want to get this one right because it's 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 an amusing name and I, I really do enjoy it but I want to get it right because otherwise yeah Um, it's toast heel powerful or it could be toast um, he all-powerful or something of that nature Um, but I love the username, but they are, they are both new, um, patrons subscribing just a couple days ago. So thank you for your patronage and welcome to the podcast. All right. So wrapping up, wrapping up, wrapping up. Um, Thank everyone for listening, contributing, and supporting our our podcast and our community. May you and yours always pray with a good fire.